Hello and welcome to Unframed, conversations about the arts on CFCR 90.5 FM in Saskatoon and streaming live around the world at cfcr.ca. I'm your host, Michael Peterson. With me tonight is Dave Geary. Dave has a show opening at Storefront on Friday. Welcome to the studio, Dave. Hi, Michael. Nice to see you. Nice to see you as well. So first of all, I was mentioning to you as we're starting, I'm going to let you take the title of the show because it's a bit of a mouthful. So the title of the exhibition is Saskatchewan Atomic Mutant Monster Psychotronic Film Posters. Great. And could you uh, just give our listeners a bit of an idea of what well, what they'll see? Sure. These are kind of um, my homage and kind of a nod to these great film posters of your so-called exploitation posters from Hollywood and Europe, actually, Italy a lot, that are kind of uh, monster movies, you know, teens in trouble movies, drag strip, kind of gonzo, kind of, um, you know, certain crime movies, but... My particular interest is the monster posters, and, and especially the films, not the films so much as the posters for the films. The posters back then, 50s, 60s, were way better than the actual films a lot of the time. Because <laughs> the films are so cheap, uh, kind of uh, schlocky films, you know? Sure. Anyhow, beautiful posters they had then, and screaming colors, and kind of anonymous artists. We just found out recently a lot of the best ones were done by this guy named Reynolds Brown, an anonymous artist at the time, but his posters now go for thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of really? dollars. Yeah. So that, I kind of uh, really like that stuff. I always did. You know, when I was a kid, I loved comics and, you know, all that stuff and movies, crazy movies and things as everybody does, I guess. And, <laughs> and so these are building out of that visual aesthetic. So yeah. they have the large, bold titles. Yeah. The, Really graphic images. Yeah, screaming color, like I said, a lot of red, yellow, fluorescent green, you know. Over-the-top stuff, yeah. And yeah, yet, not f- yet not for movies, but using that as a form of commentary? or using Yeah, it? yeah. I'm making up movies. Like, I'm, I'm starting with certain environmental issues and causing mutant monsters in Saskatchewan. Again, I like doing regional uh, subject matter, you know. So my <laughs> fake film posters are about... Uh, regional northern Saskatchewan mine spills, you know, and and incidents that where uh, radioactive waste gets loose and creates mutant monsters, just like uh, Godzilla, the Godzilla movies, or Rodan and Mothra. Those are all kind of atomic mutant monster movies, you know, because those were during the Cold War and atomic stuff was on everybody's mind. So I'm kind of a hearkening back to that and kind of updating it, bringing up to our original sensibility, shall we say. Can you give the viewers a bit of an idea of maybe a couple of the poster subjects or, you know? Sure. (laughs) Well, oh, well, one's called the Cigar Lake Monster. There's a big mine up north, a uranium mine called Cigar Lake. Very, very rich ore body there, about 20%, I believe. Uh, compared to 0.5% in most mines. Anyway, so it's really uh, very radioactive down in the, in the depths of that mine, and humans are not even allowed to mine down there. They use, it's all mined robotically. Mm. So it's pretty dangerous work uh, place, you know. And they've had all kinds of floods and things over the years, and they're just trying to get going now, I think, after 15 years, believe it or not, major floods. And people almost got killed and drowned in those floods, by the way. <laughs> it occurred to me. Wouldn't it be funny if some kind of Godzilla creature emerged from that mine, just like a crazy <laughs> monster movie? And what would it be? Well, 
Saskatchewan. It wouldn't be a, like a dragon like Godzilla. It would be my monster is part moose, part fish, and part troglodyte, like cave dweller, you know. So I call him part all those things and all badass. So, <laughs> so it's just a big, crazy kind of cartoony, very detailed cartoony, half moose, half fish thing on a rampage, and he's kind of rampaging and crashing, <laughs> crushing all the buildings at the site and everything. So that's kind of typical of all of them, really. But these are all based on actual events or... Yeah, for the most part, they're that? based... But, you know, the events are just the starting point because I'm more interested in the visuals and the film kind of look and all that. Anyhow, but one other event, yeah, they're all based on real real events that are have been in the news and everything. Uh, like the cleft... The creature from the cleft lake lagoon is one of my posters. Well, <laughs> he's... It, again, atomic mutant from radiation leaks or something, but it's half Sasquatch and half beaver. So, <laughs> and so, but it came, and it's allegedly came in my story from uh, a spill of uh, nuclear waste there. And there was indeed a, a leaking nuclear casks there. It was a really famous kind of spill way back in the 80s, I think. It was in the, it's in the online, you know. That's my starting point, and then I'll go uh, just draw the craziest ass kind of beaver sasquatch hybrid i can imagine and he's and he's got tattoos you know and nipple rings and and he's uh on the loose he could be oversized teeth of course and a crazed look in his eye you wanted to create monster posters and so the atomic narrative allows you to imagine yeah. real life monsters exactly yeah exactly yeah it's, it's a perfect opportunity shall we say for me to exercise my <laughs> my love of old monster posters and so-called psychotronic movie posters. Maybe I'll explain that term, psychotronic. Well, I have a book at home, two books actually. One's called The Psychotronic Encyclopedia of Film by Michael Weldon in New York. And then there's a psychotronic video guide he made a couple years later in the 90s. This guy listed all those crazy, crazy exploitation movies, monster ones and otherwise from... Going way back to the 40s, I think, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. And anyhow, he dubbed that term psychotronic film, and it's kind of used nowadays. So he got that mo- that word psychotronic from some old movie about psychotronic brain or something. Some guy was a half, half robot, half human, so he called him psychotronic. <laughs> I don't know. So he made it up, and it kind of stuck, and, and it's a funny word. And so I use it. I like it. Sure. Kind of fits, so. Well, and then in terms of building these posters, you have maintained <laughs> the uh, aesthetic of the posters. They have, so we were talking about those bold titles, and these are all done <coughs> with hand lettering. Yeah. And so the posters themselves are almost entirely done by hand, correct? Yeah, yeah. They're kind of old school, for want of a better word. I like, I love drawing, and I, um, so I'm drawing these things in great detail by hand, and also the titles of the things like, Cigar Lake Monster, Clough Lake Monster. They're all drawn. I, I make up my own fonts. The Clough Lake thing is a hairy font. <laughs> it's real hairy. I can't find a font like that. So, But I like doing I like making up my own fonts. A lot of people do this, you know. Sure. I did underground comics when I was a kid, so I got used to that. And doing that, we all do that, you know. So, And the Cigar Lake Monster is one is a font I drew on green. I used colored paper to draw on, by the way, and then assemble it as kind of a collage. Green paper in a kind of a melting, melting kind of a fluorescent green, 
radiation green kind of color, but kind of a melting kind of font, you know? It's sort of custom fonts, you know? It's just a thing some people do, like me and a lot of friends of mine, actually. But then building out of that, you've got these fonts that you build, and then you've got these images, and the pieces mm. themselves actually often come together, as you mentioned, through collage. Yeah, yeah. And then part of the show yeah. won't just be showing the posters, but some yeah. of that process work? To explain the process, because everybody asks me, well, what program did you draw that in? Well, I didn't do it in a program. I drew it on my kitchen table, maybe, with markers and pencils and, <laughs> and a little bit of watercolor and paper, scissors and glue stick, actually, you know? And I use colored papers a lot to get nice, hot, colored backgrounds. So, yeah, we're going to show, to explain it, and a lot of people aren't familiar with this approach anymore nowadays, with all that digital technology. We're going to show a lot of my preparatory sketches, rough sketches, notebook sketches, doodles, you know, um, to show where the ideas came from. Because it's, it's very kind of uh, exhausting how I do these things. And it takes a really long time. So, And I think about them obsessively for long, long periods of time and take, make little notes and sketches, you know. So we're going to show some of that so people get will understand how, they, how it works, how it comes to be, you know. And the Crystal Buchert at the Storefront Gallery, she likes doing that. It's a design gallery, so it's kind of devoted, space is devoted to, often, showing where the design process. So I think that's important, too, that well, sure. people see that, you know. And then these are sort of bridging that gap between art and design, a lot of the... Yeah, yeah. Because you're yeah. hand-drawing this, and there, yeah. there's an aspect of the art that goes into that, but then putting it all together and, and laying it out so that it has the look of a poster. Yeah, yeah. And so it bridges a lot of worlds, you know? Art and design worlds, for sure, and cartoon worlds, and uh, film film worlds, and uh, television, and pop, popular culture, pop culture, definitely. Well, well, comic, comic worlds and stuff, you know? Yeah, because you were saying you wanted there to be different reads so that people could have different entry points yeah. into the works yeah. or take yeah. different things away from them. Yeah, hopefully each one has a few levels of meaning to it, you know? For example, I did one, uh, you, uh, if you come to see it, it's called uh, Sasky Boy. Now, that's based on Astro Boy, which is a, a lot of people will know Astro Boy. It was a great little comic book and TV series. Uh, really lovely show. Anyway, uh, so I always liked that show. So, <laughs> so I thought, wouldn't it be funny if, we, if I could draw Astro Boy, but make him more of uh, a Saskatchewan kind of character? So that's what I did, and, he, and he's called Sasky Boy. I made up this story where he's battling this demon, you know, up north in northern Saskatchewan, and um, uh, I got him, I, I made up a backstory of him, raised, separated at birth from Astro Boy. He's his twin, twin sentient robot brother, of course, but they were separated at birth from Hokkaido or Tokyo, wherever <laughs> Astro was made. Somehow spirited away here, across the halfway across the world to northern Saskatchewan, where he was raised by a kindly old trapper and his family, his extended family, and the whole village, because it takes a village <laughs> to raise a robot boy. <laughs> so I got a poster about him, and I work in a lot of kind of allusions of the north here. Like he's he's he was raised by this Métis family, presumably, and so he's he's dressed in buckskin. He's got a little bear claw and stuff. Some other little regional kind of accoutrements, you know? Sure. So it's just kind of regionalizing hey, a, a story about this little boy superhero guy. So it's a lot, yeah, there's a few things going on in that poster. Well, oh, sure. oh, and then there's a demon, yeah, the battle, he de he battles a demon in there. It's called the Uranium Demon. But I drew that demon based on medieval demon paintings from the 
Middle Ages in really? Europe, the churches and things, there were some great demon paintings. Hmm. <laughs> they were so funny, kind of like little evil little cartoon guys, you know. So I, I drew my guy green to look like, like those. He's got pointed ears and little bat wings, you know, and uh, big gnarly teeth and stuff. So, hmm. so there's a, that little allusion to art history, too. A lot of these have a lot of references to art history, by the way. I could, my background is in art history and uh, art at the university here, so... So, uh, of course, I'm working in all that stuff and all the art stuff, you know, like color sure. and composition and historical references and stuff, you know, and design, design things. Yeah. Well, sure. And then talking about that, sort of that space between art and design, which th- this isn't your first entry into this type of work. You've been working in, yeah, in, yeah. in this sort of in-between space for a while. And I, I, yeah, I, actually, I'll mention something about that, that okay? Because yeah. a few years ago, 2007, and then several years ago, and then a couple of years before that, I had a show at the Mendel Gallery called The Great Soviet, The Great Saskatchewan Socialist Utopia That Never Was. And it was uh, based on, um, again, uh, a nod to my favorite Soviet propaganda posters from the 20s in the post-revolutionary period, which I studied in graduate school, by the way, so that's a big interest of mine. So the designs for those were all based on that Soviet kind of pre, pre-socialist realism, pre-Stalin Soviet, which is very abstract and constructivist, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of design. So it was based on that, that whole thing. And then again, there was a few levels of meaning in that because they're all about Saskatchewan and not, not Soviet Russia. And they're about based on little local art jokes, you know, and design jokes and historical, regional historical jokes. And allusions to the Soviet art history of that period and stuff. So, yeah, a few things going on there, too. And th- that was kind of a precedent to what I'm doing. This, those two shows are kind of related, I think, yeah, quite a bit in a way. Well, Those were big posters, too, by the way. Were they again? Yeah. I think it's interesting because being in that in-between space, although it all provides opportunities, it can certainly provide challenges as well in as much as people don't necessarily know how to define your work, and often people want to be able to define the work. Yeah, maybe. So I, I'm wondering how, hmm. if you might be able to speak a bit to what that process has been like, sort of navigating those different hmm. worlds. Well, I don't even think about it, you know. Okay. <laughs> actually, actually, I work in many, several different media, mediums. I do sculpture. I do constructivist-type sculpture, plexiglass stuff. And I do a lot of video work, some book, so-called book works, zines and stuff, you know, and right. a lot of drawing. I should mention, I, I made a living drawing as a medical illustrator for many, many, many years oh. at the College of Medicine and Vet Medicine. So I made, l- and another place, it was a publishing company I worked for many years, hmm. drawing pictures all day long and getting okay. paid really good money. I, ca- <laughs> I can't believe it, you know? Like, drawing's my favorite thing, really. And you got to do that for I a g- living. I got to do it for a living, you know? So, and then it, so, and I make enough money that I didn't have to think about it, getting into a um, gallery situation i never even thought of that you know sure so i could approach art as a philosophical pursuit or something that's kind of the way i I see my own art just as a philosophical pursuit i can just do whatever (laughs) whatever whatever uh whatever the spirit tells me to do builds more out of your own uh, interests and your own yeah for sure you know like um oh yeah because i have many and widely varied interests uh, political and scientific and uh social and historical and so I have many interests and many and varied interests so to me this kind of show kind of like this one is kind of a 
fun way to bring a lot of those interests together in in my musings or something, you know, and make some some visual fun. And they're fun too. Sure, that's a big part of it. Visual, fun, visual, colorful. Well, and then you zany posters, you know, images, you know. Yeah. Well, and then you were talking about yeah. the different interests that you have. Another project that you're involved with is Wild About Saskatoon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Nature. Yeah. I love the wild, uh, wild, uh, natural world. I'm interested to hear if there's a bit of an overlap there because we're talking about. I, we were talking about nuclear waste and yeah, nuclear, right. you know, and then right. you're involved in ecological, and I, I understand that it's a, sort of a primarily a monster was what you were focusing on. But yeah, yeah, well, def- there's definitely a relationship, like uh, the natural world. I'm very interested in natural world, uh, zoology and botany, and because I was a scientific illustrator, a biological and medical illustrator, and I still am actually. Okay. So yeah, that's uh, just a deep interest of mine, and so I do some work with groups around town and around the province with illustrating and organizing and speaking actually with about issues to do with um that and yeah i'll just plug our wild in the oh, city please. thing well, coming up tell you what why don't you tell us a bit about wild in the sure, city and sure. a bit of that project that you're working on okay there's a group you know we do this in may last week in may for the last this will be the fourth year now and it's a group of you know naturalists and Nature City, na- sorry, <laughs> Nature Society type people and university biology biology people and stuff and and some academics and some artists like myself and interested people. We we have we organize little things for a whole week like talks and displays and and a museum, a pop up museum, nature museum, you know. And I do personally. I'm an artist, so I I've been organizing. This will be the fourth year that, that we've had this show, a little art show, a group art show called Wild in the City, where I got about 20 artists average and uh, have a little whimsical kind of <laughs> wildlife art show. And I tell everybody to do to do something, not your typical wildlife art, which is pretty boring, let's face it, but I, I say, just do something whimsical and crazy and have fun with it and go crazy and do a, like a hybrid hybrid you know jackalope thing or or this this year's theme sub theme is is um, things with wings urban wildlife things with wings so it could be you know insects or birds or a flying squirrel or a bat bats or or a flying gopher who knows who knows what people are going to come up with oh one one girl's doing a flying fish for example you know really yeah so that's what i like it's kind of taking something like nature and, and really drawing a, a special kind of attention to it so people will appreciate it in a different way and in a fun amusing way is a good way i think to get into a subject you know so that show's gone over really well we've had it at uh, unreal city a couple of years and a city perk this year and last year right and it, it's a good really fun little group show well and so then it's talking about how art can provide an entry point into discussions about ecology or to uh, change the ways that we might think about or approach nature in the city? Yeah, that's that's correct. But more importantly, almost <laughs> for me, it's just don't don't think about it too much. Just have fun with it and just be an expression of uh, fun and, and letting loose and doing some crazy drawing, you know? Sure. So and what's the response been like to that? Like, oh, have really, people really good response, yeah. yeah. Good feedback from the public and... Um, 
they've got some great artists in the shows over the years. They're really, really talented local artists. A lot of them recent grads from the U.S. Art Department. Sure, start start yeah. out there and then build yeah. from there. But yeah, and current students actually too. And this is working, like you say, with ecologists like Candace Savage yep. and others that are yep. involved. Correct? Yeah, we're all kind of really involved in the natural world, you know. And and part of the the, the idea behind this thing, wild about wild about Saskatoon, it's called, is um, to make people appreciate nature, you know, the natural world more in an urban environment like we live in. You know, There's a lot of kids nowadays, little kids elementary school kids man i don't think you know we we think they don't get outside enough and <laughs> they don't we're indoors a lot we're all everything's kind of digitalized and insulated and everything and so you know it's good for your person's health even and their and their mind and their body and everything just to get out run around do stuff play with the animals you know dig in the dirt all that stuff so that's what motivates a lot of us too. Is just kind of spread that kind of word and appreciate the, what you got. Those little pocket parks we got in the city, man. You know, we got some beautiful parks here actually, sure. and the River Valley, beautiful. We're so fortunate to to have that. You know. But so then start to help us to reconsider or to remember the city that we live in and yeah. the spaces that we have. Yeah, in a, in a, in a different kind of way. You know, we often think of you know the built environment or the architecture or something or the bridges. But that's just part of urban, urban, uh, an urban plan, you know, just a part of it. So increasingly, you know, in fact, in architecture schools and urban design schools, they're saying the place between buildings is more, maybe more important than the buildings, you know, like the green spaces or the watery spaces or the wetlands or the, I just did a thing about urban wetlands, a big illustration recently. It's an interest of mine, absolutely. Well, and then moving back to this show, even though it's not specifically about ecology, yeah. there is that aspect of nuclear waste and, and damage to the environment. And oh, yeah. Helping uh, us to think about that again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I can't, I can't escape my interest. It always works its way into everything I do, I guess. Yeah, that's very true. Actually, when I look at all these things, the, the images here, there's always some kind of horrible environmental catastrophe going on in the background. <laughs> here, I'm just looking at a couple of the images. So... But yeah, I'm interested. But another part of my brain is saying, yeah, that's really fun to do a poster about. And really, just, you know, because it's like those Godzilla movies, you know? Or, or uh, you know, what what's really motivating me or a person? Is it is it the environmental catastrophe? Or is it an excuse to make a big crazy-ass kind of ape or something? Well, it's both, uh, obviously, but... um. I'm an artist, so I like doing, and a cartoonist too, so I, I, that's how I act out, hmm. so to speak. It gives you an opportunity to create some of these worlds. And yeah, to have those yeah, yeah, it's an opportunity. It's a, re, it's a permission, you know, opportunity, or it's a, uh, yeah, opportunity. Yeah, that's a good word. Yeah. Well, then let's just uh, take us back to that show yeah. and sort of what people can expect to see when they come to it. The opening's on Friday. Mm-hmm. Seven to... Yep. Seven till ten or so, I, I guess. Okay, and Friday it's the nineteenth, twentieth um, Street, two twenty four, I think, two twenty four twentieth. Right. Next door to that coffee shop. In the storefront, yeah. In the storefront gallery, nice big window. We we're getting a guy to paint the window, by the way. Yeah. With this one. With the with, with the, the movie poster on the title on, the title on, the title on it. Title yeah. On across one big pane of glass. No kidding. So yeah, a sign painter guy. 
So anyhow, so yeah, if you can come, please come. And it goes on until March 31st. Oh, there will be merchandise there. We're making some T-shirts and mugs and maybe something else. Um, there'll be kind of prototypes, like a little merch corner in the corner, you know. They're kind of prototypes, but if somebody wants them, they can buy them. And if anybody wants to order stuff like that, they can certainly order it. And I can make them at a at the t-shirt place in the mall okay. within, a, within a half a day. So <laughs> Printing but, on demand. Yeah, so. but I wanted to put that merch corner in there just kind of as a joke. Because uh, I think it would be kind of amusing and look kind of, kind of interesting, you know. Sure. Because these things look pretty good on, on shirts. I've put some of them on. Well, that goes back to that design aspect, though, too, right? They're yeah, graphic yeah. characters, and they can transfer yeah. to different media, yeah. different spaces. Yeah, and they're greeting cards of these images, by the way, too. Okay. We, we sell those. So, yeah, I kind of like that idea of art getting art out into the world in those kind of accessible ways. Art galleries are great, but, you know, there's sort of a limited kind of number of people that go there and stuff, and it's good to get out just out in the wider world. Well, and explore way. how... These can exist as objects too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Change how people interact with your art in a yeah. way too. Yeah, you know, years ago, uh, late '90s, I used to sell little things at the Fringe Festival on the street. It's so fun because you get immediate feedback from all these strangers who gather around your little table and just say, "Oh, who did that? Did you do that? Are you the <laughs> artist?" So yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, that sucks. Or oh, that's great. Or you know, and you get immediate feedback. Which is really like nice because a lot of most artists don't get immediate well, feedback. Very different than an art show, right? Yeah, how different, you know? So that was great, a great, a wonderful experience. I just love doing that. So then it's at storefront and it's at storefront starting on the 19th, 19th and then continuing through to the February end of March? Till the 31st of March. Right. Yeah. So about a month and a half, it'll be up there and filling that space. And so there'll be these large posters, there'll be the cards and the merch table. But there will also be process work and uh, some yeah, of that I'll, drawings I'll and collage. I'll, I'll just explain that. We got it's kind of <laughs> a lot of things going on in the show, too. Like, I'll have the big... I do the artwork 1117. So we scan it and then blow them up into banner prints and mount it on foam core. So it's a big poster, two-by-three-foot posters, you'll see. Right. One wall's full of those. Then I'm going to have the original artwork for sale... On, not for sale, sorry. On display on another wall in frames. Then I'm going to have all my rough sketches and, and kind of odds and ends on display in another corner and then some merchandise in yet another corner (laughs) so there'll be a lot of things i hope that will be engaging and fun and illuminating for people to see well thank you dave thanks for coming on the show it's been great to chat with you about this about your uh, exhibition and the work that you do so well my pleasure thanks for asking me Again, I'm Michael. This is Unframed on CFCR 90.5 FM in Saskatoon. And as always, a reminder that you can find us on social media. We're Unframed Radio on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or if you'd like to hear this, or if you missed it its first time around, you can find us on iTunes. Thanks and have a good evening.